passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Romu, I've beaten you twice already. One on one, I've got the advantage. I thought I was going to be scared, but looking at you, I know that Osaka in Dominion. Dominion. No more. Osprey leaves with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, and I prove I am the best Junior Heavyweight in the world. Hello everybody, welcome to Post Puroresu. It is John Pollock and WH Park, and this week is the double shot of WH that is coming at you. This being part one, he'll be back on Saturday as we're going to be reviewing Dominion together. Uh, so WH, I hope you're in store for several hours of John Pollock this week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we will see. I think I think we'll have a pretty hot show to talk about on Saturday. That would be my prognostication. I'm going to say that we might be quite tired. It's a long show. It looks like like a really stacked long show. I mean, the main event is I'm I can't like I I'm worried it's going to go 90 minutes that main event. Yeah, we're we're going to have a full preview of Dominion coming up and WH is not exaggerating. That very well could be a 90-minute match. And there's part of me in my head that thinks Kenny Omega watched uh, Seth Rollins on Raw. And that's like his benchmark now that he's got to top that uh, in terms of the endurance. But first up, uh, we're staying in New Japan land. We are going to chat about the best of the Super Juniors tournament that just wrapped up on Monday. Hiromu Takahashi winning his first best of the Super Juniors, setting up a match with Will Ospreay on Saturday. And... First of all, WH, uh, in the New Japan World era where you've had access to watch the majority, if not the entire tournament, uh, how did this one stack up maybe against uh, tournaments of uh, years past, the last couple? I'm going to say it's probably one of the best tournaments that they've had in like the last three years of the Super Juniors. Um, the finals were amazing. I mean, this is comparing like finals that include like Kushida against Osprey. Um, I think the Osprey Taguchi match it was that. There's like the Kyle Riley Kushida matches. Like this is up there. I, I throughout though, I thought this is one of the best um, lineups of talent that that they were able to acquire, um, and it delivered. I I was blown away. Like I was always change. I was like every day. I was like putting up. These are my top five matches of the night, and it was really hard. Some nights were like it was just hard. Like the second night in Nagoya. It's really hard to judge because, like, all the matches on that show were really different, and all they were all really good. You've gone to so many of these um, these buildings live, uh, watching them. Does it have any? Does it affect your judgment at all? Watching, you know, a Korkun show versus one where it's just essentially one or two cameras 
the crowd isn't as hot. Does that ever affect um, your viewing of a match when when you're not there live and you're just watching it? You know, it's a big difference on New Japan World. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm going to say this: like, there's a there was a double shot in Nagoya. The first night in Nagoya, I thought was a really boring show. Actually, like, mm-hmm. I didn't think the matches were bad, but the crowd seemed really dead for it. I don't know if that's just because the, uh, the they were mic'd very poorly, but there's like a scene like. You know, like from the hard cam on the first night in Nagoya, there's like like four empty seats for, throughout the whole show, except for the main event. They're empty. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> this thing didn't sell out, you know. <laughs> and and the people in the front row that you can see, they look like they're so bored throughout the throughout the first three matches of the tournament because they're only showing the tournament matches. And I'm like, wow, they, these people don't give a fuck about this <laughs> show. <laughs> and and it's not until the main event. And that they that they kind of perk up, but the second night was way different, completely different crowd. They were into everything. Um, I think that was a B block show, and it was so much better than than the night one. So it does make a difference. I went to the Namazu show live, yes, because I live in Namazu, um, and the crowd was pretty hot throughout most of the show. Like because we don't get New Japan here outside of the Super Juniors tournament, and like maybe one or two other house shows that come here during the year. So it's kind of a treat for people in the Mazda to see them in in, in town. Uh, otherwise, we have to go to like Fuji or Shizuoka or Hamatsu, uh, other cities within the within the prefecture to go see them outside of going to Tokyo. Um, it's a different crowd. Korokan is just di- is special. Like those fans, like Tokyo fans, are just so into wrestling. I've always said this. Like outside of Tokyo, like Osaka fans are the hottest for wrestling in general, but New Japan in particular. So it, it makes a big difference if I see it. In Numazu, if I see it in Tokyo, if I see it in Osaka, my, my preference is always Cork and Hall. My, and then secondly, it's like go to Edion Arena in Osaka. And then third is like here, even though this is like the easiest, it's a 10 minute walk from the arena to my apartment. So I know it's hard to break this down, but when uh, you, you contrast the crowd at Corkin on Monday for the best of the Super Juniors and then next Tuesday, all Japan's running the same arena, do you see like, a big crossover of fans. Do you think that there are distinct pockets that will just go for a New Japan show at Korokin versus another promotion that runs Korokin? I tend to find most Japanese fans are very specific to promotion. Mm-hmm. The most the people who tend to cross over are people like me, who are, who are like foreigners living in Japan, who are foreign wrestling fans, who we like all, almost everything. Are you a big celebrity at these shows? Are they coming up to you and being like, hey, what what do you think of those tights up there? What are you going to say on the show? Dude, no one knows who the fuck I am at these things. You wait. We need need to have some more – we we need to put your your face, like splash it on the page, and then your life will change, WH. Oh, God. The only time I've ever had like a celebrity thing, maybe two instances, not even directly involving me, like was Chris. Chris Charlton was at a show, and someone asked him, are you WH Park? (laughs) I I still laugh when he tells that story. I could see it's, W. It's, I, I could see Chris just uh, saying, "Yes, it's me, WH," and then just being an asshole to the guy. Oh, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I'm an asshole in real life. It's okay. Um, the other time was like when when I was back in Toronto last time, and we went to the the Smash show, and like people were coming up, and and like I think you introduced me, and they said, "Oh yeah, you see a lot of shows in Japan and stuff," and that, that was it. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be a celebrity, you know, at, at shows. I, I just want to watch my shows and, and, and have fun 
and not worry about anything else. That's that's really my goal when I go to wrestling shows. My favorite one, you you remember uh, the UWA here in Mississauga was yeah. uh, on one of the shows. Uh, Jushin Liger performed on the first half, and then at intermission, a guy came up to Way and wanted a photo with him because he thought it was Liger unmasked. That's pretty funny. Fucking awesome. You know, one like, of my Way and Liger, they look nothing alike, but nonetheless. Um, you know, what my favorite one is like you remember Rob, my friend Rob. Yes, of course, Rob, Rob Conway. Yeah, we we not, were at not that Rob Conway by the way. ROH show, ROH show in uh, upstate New York, and we, we get out of his car, and this father and this son come up to us, and he says, "Oh, excuse me, can can we take a picture with you?" And Rob's like. Jimmy, you want me to take your picture? And he's like, no, no, can I take a picture with you and my son? And he goes, and I'm, I'm laughing. I'm like, who the fuck does he think Rob is? And then he's like, Rob's like, hey, um, <laughs> who, do, who do you think I am? He's like, you're Austin Aries, aren't you? <laughs> I, I lost it. it. it it's a pretty – It's <laughs> the physique is like certainly different. Like Aries is pretty ripped. I Maybe a little in the face. Bit bit of a no. stretch, bit of a stretch. No. I'm trying to oh, justify then, this fan. That is, and then uh, later, I think you mentioned it recently on a on a, a review is like the 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 Ted Reeve show where the with the guard strike. Oh God, the worst. And show then there was like live. there was a an after party right at I think Jay Chung's bar. Yeah, yeah, because she works okay. like right by there. Yeah, and then so Rob's we, we go there and Rob's talking to Austin Aries and he's like, I'm going to tell him that story and I'll go. Don't do it. Oh, God. He's, he's not, he's not going to think it's funny. He's going to think it's funny. I go, he's not going to think it's funny. So he tells him that story. And Austin Aries just fucking deadpans him and says, yeah, we don't look alike. <laughs> it's about the response you would expect from Austin Aries. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, getting back to the Best of Super Juniors, when you went to the show in Numazu, was there anyone uh, in the tournament that got a uh, – a reaction that surprised you because this tournament to me was full of people that, yes, you had your established guys like Osprey, Kushida, Hiromu, but this was full of guys that were kind of having an opportunity to really break away from the pack and, and step up. Were you surprised at all by either a performance that really was above what you anticipated or just who the audience was into that maybe wouldn't be the obvious choice going in? ACH was, ACH was really popular. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they, they really like his shtick. You know, like the super, he's like, he's playing the super, you know, Gaijin otaku, like super nerd fan. Like, because he likes anime a lot. You can tell from the gear he wears. Like, I think he's a big Naruto fan. And I think he likes he likes One Piece a lot. So they, they kind of like like people who appreciate their pop culture. Um, but I'm going to say the biggest reaction, like the guy who got the biggest superstar reaction was Will Ospreay. Yeah, yeah. Like, people get up. When his music hits, people get up, like. You know, it's, it's amazing. Like how how much he's established himself in this country. Yeah, I, I thought he had a tremendous tournament. Um, that dancing spot from ACH got over so big on Monday. I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome because like you can tell like Sonata's coming out. He's wearing the mask, but you can like what the fuck's going on? And then Naito comes out. He's like, why are they chanting his name with my music? And then he's like, no, do it again, do it again. And then he kicks him. It's great. It I was think, great. I think Naito was like so. So amused by it, I'm sure. And you could tell all of that was on the fly. Like the dancing, Taguchi putting the glasses on him, the Naito spot. It was like they were all, to me, just playing off that crowd. Because there was no way they could have expected that that 
little dance would turn into what it was. I thought it was just great. I and it it kept the audience up for the entire match. I think that completely lit a spark with that that crowd. Well, anytime they had interaction like Naito and ACH, people were like really into it because they're like, "Oh, is he mad at him? Is he gonna is he gonna is he gonna fuck him up?" <laughs> but it was fine. It was. I I really liked that. I, I think ACH. We'll talk about him later when we talk about our like top workers of the of the tournament. Yeah, we'll we'll chat about the final first, and then we're gonna go through. We each uh, put together our our top five matches, and we'll go through uh, the standout performers. And I want to isolate as well, WH, who of the the entire uh, participants. Who was the disappointment of the best of the Super Juniors? Who was the worst of the Super Juniors is what we're going to crown today as well. Um, okay. But going back, uh, Hiromu Takahashi defeats Taiji Ishimori. Um, I talked a lot about this on Monday. I thought this was one of the best matches of the year. Uh, this was a spoiler, my match of the tournament. I thought this was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It's not my number one on yeah. my list as well. Um, Hiromu is just like this special guy, you know? Since and and he felt back. like that com- coming into this tournament, like he felt like the audience was ready to see him win this. Like it just seemed like he was preordained to be uh, the victor of the, of this tournament. And I thought it was – I did think it was the wise move of having him go over uh, in the end, even though Ishimori I, – I think the Osprey win did a lot for him on the first night. I mean they set it up that he wasn't going to win. He beat Osprey, so he has his title match set regardless of the result of this match. Um, Hiromu just, I think this is his rehabilitation. He's been kind of not used very well since, I'd say, Wrestle Kingdom. He's lost the title. He lost, like, all his major challenges to Osprey in, in New Beginning. He's been in the tag title scene, which is fine. I, I, I liked, um, him and Bushi as a tag team, and I think they had really good matches with Rapungi 3K and Kanemaru and Desperado. Um, for me, though, I think my other, fi- my, one of my other, he's in three of my matches top five matches of this tournament so um we'll talk more about those but yeah i i i think it has to connect with the audience people just really like him i think it's because like his love of wrestling just comes through in his promos in his character and in his work you know yeah the i i just thought that um now correct me if i'm wrong this was the only time bomb he used in the entire tournament i think he attempted one on desperado or Dragon Lee. Hmm. Okay. Because I, I this really might have been the only one he hit. Yeah, that's that was my recollection that he never hit one in the tournament, and I thought that was just a really great story. That after all of this, even the triangle and then the time bomb was the exclamation point at the end of this incredible match. Um, just the the chemistry these two had, and the the level of sophisticated stuff that they had in this match that they pulled off seamlessly was really incredible. Like, this was one of the more athletic junior heavyweight matches of recent memory. This is, uh, to me, on par with any Will Ospreay ricochet uh, match in terms of, like, daunting physical spots that they had planned. Well, I, I think also the thing is, that impressed me is that later in, in the tournament, like, Hiromu introduced the triangle choke, and I'm like, well, he's never done that before. He, he doesn't have an MA background as far as I know. And then he just introduced it, I think, with the Kushida match. He, he beat Kushida with it. So it's now a set, you know, established finisher. So when he put it on him, it was like, oh, shit, he's going to win with that. But then, you know, Ishimori kept fighting. I just thought it was really brilliant. Like, Ishimori has done himself, like, wonders for his career going to New Japan. Yeah, and, you know, I thought Kevin Kelly did a really fantastic job throughout this uh, entire show, really. He was calling it with Chris Sabin and just – 
setting the scene at the beginning, like the audience is going nuts before the match is even starting and explaining how this, how much this match means to Ishimori. He had a, he had a job for life with Noah and he took a big risk. Dude, Kevin Kelly popped me when he said, when he buried Noah on commentary, when he said he was a big fish in a little pond. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he just buried him, buried Noah. Like, I missed that scene, line. Like, I, I, yeah, dude, go back. He says it with like such conviction. I'm pretty sure Ghetto went back like before the show says, we want you to bury Noah. Cause God, God sure, damn, pal. Taiji Shimori, when he does that, it's Taiji Shimori, boom, soldier, Taiji Shimori, it's reborn. This is, then does the laugh. I'm totally thinking it's a rib on Noah because they hope they brand themselves like Noah reborn now, right? Since the change of ownership. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think the, the selling of uh, Noah, not to New Japan, but to like, uh, I think it's Ichida, really fucked their booking. So I think they're still pissed off about it. That's my guess. Um, anything else you took from uh, from Monday's show uh, that stood out? I really enjoyed the interaction with Will Ospreay and Kotobushi in, in the semi there. And then Okada pinning Chase Owens, hit the V-trigger, Rainmaker. And we also had the angle setting up uh, the six-man tag, not the three-way, involving Jushin Liger, Rey Mysterio, and Hiromu Tana, uh, Hir- Hiroshi Tanahashi against uh, – we got Marty Skrull, uh, Cody, and Hangman Page for Saturday. Yeah, I'm not that excited about that match, but I'm going to say, when Liger took his shirt off, I was like freaking out. I was like, holy shit, he's jacked. That guy's been hitting the gym. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, mid-50s physique. I mean, what what is a uh, guy works out hard? I guess. Yeah, but he, he's been like, – you would think he looks soft sometimes when he's wearing the bodysuit because, like, there's some flab around his waist sometimes. But, like, he took it off his shirt. I was like, okay, he's he's preparing for a run where he's going shirtless again maybe. And he's going to be Black Liger again. Yeah, I, I wonder what this – when this transformation occurred because I recall a few years ago uh, in uh, in San Jose when WrestleMania was there – coming down into the lobby and there was an unmasked Liger just hanging out and dude, he just looked, he looked like a 54 year old man, however old he was at the time. And this did not look like a 54 year old man on, on Monday. I'm surprised he's even wearing the, the outfit now. If he's got that underneath. Yeah. I I don't know what, what prompted this. Who knows? Maybe they'll do a, a, a documentary on, Japan world someday. Maybe he's the, planning a, the untold story of his abs. <laughs> Maybe he's planning an MMA return. God, I hope not. One of his uh, uh, less spectacular ideas in his career. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, I thought a pretty hot show, mainly paced by that main event on on Monday with uh, with Takahashi and Ishimori, and sets up a pretty strong match for sat for Saturday. Do you see a title switch on Saturday? I don't know. I don't think so. Like I, I still maintain that I think Osprey should keep that belt until um, Wrestle Kingdom. I think that's when he should lose it. I think Hiromu can stand to lose because the guy who wins the best of the Super Junior doesn't always win the title in their title challenge. Um, if you have him lose and then kind of rebuild himself, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't mind like you know Hiromu like having a you know four month program with Desperado because that match was fucking awesome too. Yeah. Uh- Let's get into some of our categories here. Uh, let's start. Why don't you give us your, your top five matches, uh, starting with number five? 
Number five was uh, Osprey versus Flip Gordon from the second to last night in Corican. Just a super hot match, and I think the best match of probably Flip Gordon's career. Um, number four, uh, Hiromu versus uh, Desperado. Just a hate-filled match, and there's so much history with these two. Uh, I wanted to see this match for a long time because those these guys were in the dojo together. They were young boys together. They went on excursion around the same time to Mexico, but they didn't really have interaction uh, with each other too much in Mexico, I don't believe. Um, but they've always kind of had that like you know invisible link to each other that people who know who uh, Desperado is know that he has a connection with um, with Hiromu as well as with Evil because th- those three were like the young lions. Uh, of their generation, you know. Uh, number three was Hiromu versus Dragon Lee, another, you know, chapter to their saga. Um, I didn't think this was one of the, I don't think this was in the high end level of Dragon Lee Hiromu matches that I've seen, but it was pretty good. Um, it, it, it stood out in the tournament. Like, But anytime these two meet, it's kind of special. Uh, number two, Dragon Lee versus Desperado. I fucking love this match. The the It was like a, like everything you wanted in Lucha that that's kind of cool about Lucha, but in Japan mm-hmm. and everything that I don't like about Lucha wasn't in this match, you know, the tearing of the mask and like Dragon Lee got a little too excited. He tore off. Yes. Like Desperado's mask completely. Like he had to tie his hair around one of the eyelets or something to try to keep it on and just use his hair to cover himself up. That guy's an amazing worker. Just, just an amazing match. Just so much heat. And like, I think Dragon Lee has like moved from Hiromu. Like, I'm gonna take a break from Hiromu. I'm gonna, I'm gonna feud with this dude. And like, Drag- Desperado has just raised his stock in this tournament so much. Yeah, that match, then- that match also to me says that that Dragon Lee is gonna be around. I don't think this is just gonna be, uh, you know, he's in for the tour and then he disappears for six months. It seems like this is a concentrated program and he's gonna have much more of a presence in the junior heavyweight division. And a quick note, I, I want to say like when he came out. In the Shibata gear, and he had. Did you notice he had Shibata's kick pads on? Like yeah. they were gifted to him yes. by Shibata. Yeah, he's and like they, the uh, the active uh, descendant now of Shibata. I think it's awesome. He and the towel given to him by Shibata. If you go on his Twitter, so like he's paying tribute to Shibata. I thought it was amazing. So cool. I miss Shibata so much. So, but Dragon Lee doing all that stuff as, as a tribute to him was amazing. Uh, number one, Hiromu versus Ishimori. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of similar ones here. For my fifth one, I had Desperado and Takahashi. This was uh, maybe the best Desperado match I've seen. And this was uh, much like um, Taguchi, I would say, of three years ago where I came around on this guy. Uh, this was the tournament I came around on Desperado. Uh, Sho Tanaka and Dragon Lee was my fourth one. Uh, I was a major fan of Sho throughout this entire tournament. I thought this was uh, a big, big tournament for him. Sorry, I've got... Uh, that was sorry fifth here anyway i'll just include them all um hiromu takahashi and dragon lee was my second match and then hiromu and taiji ishimori and then uh my fifth one here was will osprey and yo that was number five and then other other honorable mentions was osprey and ishimori from the first night and i really enjoyed the kushida shotanaka match as well dude i think like osprey yo was like would be number six like that was like yo's coming out party you know like that that's where he established himself as like okay it's not just about show yo is like gonna be a big fucking star too yeah um my my breakthrough performer was was show i thought this was a massive tournament for him i think that this was um you know this really shows you where the 
the, how high the ceiling is uh, for this guy. And you're right. Yo had a tremendous match with Will Ospreay. And I don't think it's going to be a case where one guy makes it and one guy doesn't. I think you're going to get two really quality singles runs out of these two. But um, my expectation of Shio is that much higher after this tournament. He really stepped up to me in pretty much every match that he had. What did you think about his match with Kushida? I, I, uh, the match with Kushida, I liked a lot. I put that as one of, one of my top matches. I know some people didn't get into all the, the grappling and stuff, but I really enjoyed it. I liked it too. Like, I'm going to say this, like you asked me a question about as a, as a viewer, is there a difference if I see a show like in a smaller city as opposed to Cork and Hall or something like that? That same match, I guarantee you that same match, without changing anything, maybe making it maybe a little bit longer, but without changing any of the work would have gotten over so huge in Cork and Hall. And then people would be, wouldn't be like talking about, uh, I don't know, it's kind of boring or they grapple too much or whatever. The crowd would have gotten nuts and people would be like, holy fuck, it's one of the best matches of the year. I guarantee that would have happened if it was in Corrigan. Um, who who did you have as uh, a sleeper performer? Someone you didn't expect much out of going in that greatly exceeded your expectations? Jeez, that's hard to say. I'm going to say Tiger Mask. Okay. Yeah, I think he had a good solid – he didn't do anything spectacular, but he wasn't like – lazy grumpy tiger mask he was like kind of okay i'm i'm motivated i'm gonna have a good match with all these younger guys than me i'm gonna get i think also his motivation is to like try to get some of them over more and like show that not only can he hang with them but he's gonna like try to help the next generation help you know pave the way more for like these guys who are coming up more like like for people like yo especially i think he had a good match with yo i liked his match with osprey a lot as well yeah, my, mine was Desperado. I, I'll be honest. I, I didn't come into this tournament expecting much from him. He, to me, uh, was the guy that, uh, greatly, greatly exceeded my expectation going in. I think you're, you were a bit more higher on Desperado than I was. So that was my sleeper performer. I liked his tag run with uh, Kanemaru. I, I'm enjoying them being the tag champs right now. So like, for me, Desperado is just, Desperado's always been someone who's like, whose work is in proportion to his push. So he, he knew he was going to get a big push this tournament, so he worked really hard. I don't, I'm not saying that that's like, that excuses him being lazy and like before, but I think he's really motivated. I think he's seeing like, okay, if I work hard, I'm going to be in a bigger spotlight. I'm going to be like treated just like Hiromu. And who would you isolate as maybe your top three performers of the entire tournament? Okay, number three would be Desperado. Uh, number two, Hiromu, and number one, Osprey. Wow. Um, I went with uh, Hiromu number one, Osprey number two, and I put uh, I actually put Dragon Lee number three. I think he quiet. I think he was overshadowed by a lot of people, but consistently from start to finish, as well. This guy working with a partially torn quad. Um, I thought he was. He was kind of the second part of a lot of big matches, the ones with uh, with Hiromu, with, with Sho, and I think a lot of it, the focus afterwards was on the other guy, the the match with Desperado. It was like, you look consistently at this guy from start to finish. I thought he was there for all of his tournament matches in a big way. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I hope he, he comes to New Japan on a regular basis. I don't know if CMML is going to be really willing to part with him. I think he's like he's a big box office draw for them in Mexico. I would love to see him come here and just tear it up regularly and just interact with a lot of bunch of people. I think he can have fresh matches with so, so many people. 
I, I'm so high on this junior heavyweight division this year. I think this is the most interesting it has been in years. Um, yes, you've lost, you know, a ricochet, but man, look at all the different, uh, components to this junior heavyweight division. Uh, forget the fact that you have all these like little weird one-off matches you can do with Rey Mysterio throughout the year. Uh, the year that Osprey's having, uh, Takahashi, like, all of these new additions to this junior heavyweight division, uh, I think that this is, yeah, a really, really great division in 2018. Oh, and I think they think it too. Like the every main event was a junior heavyweight match, and like the whole show, all, all the shows were primarily featuring junior heavyweights. There's very little heavyweight interaction as opposed to last year. Like Namazu's main event wasn't a, wasn't a tournament match; it was a multi-man tag match between I think Lij and Chaos last year and this is like true for the house shows like all the the main events would have been like multi-man tag matches featuring heavyweights and some of the juniors that wasn't the case this year i i was so happy to see okay tournament match tournament tournament match main event main event main event main event throughout the whole tournament i'm hoping this carries over to regular tours where like they feature the juniors not mixing with the heavyweights at all but kind of being isolated having tag matches having six-man matches, eight-man matches, whatever, and then and some singles matches to build up, like, okay, this guy's got all these wins. He's going to challenge next. This, they're establishing t- regular tag teams. That would be nice. I'm hoping we'll see, we'll see if that happens. I'm ho- I cross my fingers for that. Yeah, I, I thought it was a big positive, the fact that you could give a Tanahashi a tour off um, that Okada. You could, you could rest some of these guys because these shows didn't um, – it didn't force you to have to have them on. You still had Naito on these cards. You still had, you know, Suzuki on these cards. Like you had non-junior heavyweights, but yeah, the junior heavyweights were the stars of the show. And I think that in and of itself makes them feel more important. Did you watch the backstage comment segments on world? Not many of them. No, dude, you should watch all of Desperados. Like his promos are great. It's like his voice. He's comes from, he comes from that kind of Jake Roberts school where he speaks softly, so you pay more attention to him. But the combination of his voice, what he's the content of what he's saying, you can see the subtitles, the mask, the contact lenses. It's amazing. This guy's a great promo. Um, also, Naito. Naito was so great in backstage comments. He'd be like, he talked about the match with Jericho a bit, but he said, "Listen, we're here for the best of the Super Juniors. I'm gonna go shower. I'm gonna go out there and watch these great matches." I'm like. This guy is so like selfless, you know. He's he he he's like this is for the juniors. I'm going to put them over, you know. Great. That response of you say you're such a big worldwide star and yet you're still shooting your own promos on a phone. <laughs> I thought that was just the best line. That's a burn. So great. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's look at Dominion uh, coming up on Saturday from Osaka Joe Hall. They released the entire card on Tuesday. Uh Opening up the show will be Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru against Rapongi 3K for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles. Um, do we see a change here? I, I think that they've already put the belts on 3K so many times that I don't know how much this chase I'm into. I think they're going to put it on them because the marketing is behind them. They have a photo book out. They they got new T-shirts out. The merchandise machine is like like in full swing for 3K. So I think they're going to put the belts on them just to show like, okay, we're into them, not only through the merchandise, but like through the booking as well. I, I really think Desperado needs to break off and just be a singles guy from now on. Um, 
he doesn't need to be teaming with Katamaru anymore. Maybe Katamaru, he gets dropped as his tag partner, and he just, like, falls off the wagon, and he just shows up at shows, like, hammered with his whiskey, and he just wanders, and he's just a mess. And then, like, he takes Azuka with him, like, by the chains, like, come on, let's go, let's go find some, uh, let's go find some uh, yakitori places that are still open at 3 a.m. in Tokyo. And then they go to, to Raw as No Way Jose's muscle. And that starts the big No Way Jose turn as uh, as Kilo. No, no, no. Kilo is low-key. Well, I'm, I'm now inserting that name as No Way Jose. I'm just uh, okay. I'm, ta- I'm taking your ideas and merging them. Oh, that's fine, too. <laughs> Jay White and Yoshihashi taking on Juice Robinson and David Finley, the, um, the 2015 Young Lions pairing here. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's a filler. Yep. What can I say? That's yep. just filler. I guess they're going to maybe pair off Robinson with Jay White for maybe the Cow Palace show. That's going to set this up maybe. Yeah, I think this card, you kind of have to set up a, a lot for the Cow Palace show as well. Um, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. against Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano. Hiroki Goto, Taichi, and Michael Elgin in a three-way for the never openweight title. Um, this would be the one that I can say I have – Low expectations for, but I could see them being exceeded if they, uh, we will see. I don't know what to make of this match. We'll see. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, God. There's a part of me that thinks Tai Chi is going to, like, sneak his way in and win this. Um, I, I think they're kind of, like, going to keep it on Goto. I get that, that feeling. That to me is a safe pick, especially on a, on a show this, this loaded. I don't think you need to do a title change so, uh, low. Although with 3K, maybe we'll see that in the opener. Uh, Evil and Sonata against the Young Bucks for the IWGP tag titles. I could certainly see a title change here. I don't know. It seems like the Young Bucks are kind of more focused on like their U.S. commitments rather than coming to Japan that often. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they win. I just don't think it would be necessarily a good idea. I think they should keep it on Sonata Evil. I think those two can make those belts kind of mean something more with stability and like keeping it on, I think it's time for keep it on a Japanese team for a while. It's it's been bounced around through like, you know, KES and some other people. I, I don't want to see it to go to the Bucks. They the Young Bucks don't need those belts. I, let me just say that Sonata and Evil need those belts. The Young Bucks do not. They're over regardless if they have titles or not. I'll say if they win the titles, though, you could probably put them second or third from the top at the Cow Palace defending the titles, and I would say they do mean something in that position at the Cow Palace show, which is not sold out yet, or no, close to yet. it. Um, I really am looking forward to this. I think that the interaction with Evil and Sonata, with the Bucks, with fresh opponents, uh, I think the freshness factor is big, and I think Sonata will really shine in this match. I think the Young Bucks are like perfect opponents for him. I think he works really well with American opponents who do high-flying. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Jushin Jack Liger taking on Marty Skrull, Cody, and Hangman Page. Um, you're not as big a fan of this six-man tag. How would you have uh, preferred to have seen Rey Mysterio on this card? I'm a, I don't know because like I thought I thought Osprey was going to win the best of Super Junior, and as champion, he would have said, "I'm going to cha- I'm going to make- I won this. I'm going to challenge Rey Mysterio Junior." That's what I thought was going to happen, but. Um, I can see, I, like, they don't need to waste a singles match of Rey Mysterio Jr. on this show. Like, it's it's stacked. It's sold out of already. Yeah. So this is fine, actually. Um, I'm I'm assuming this is also going to set up a match for the Cow Palace. I'm assuming Junior Rey Mysterio Jr. and uh, Marty Skrull yeah, are going to be a match there. Uh, 
and then everyone else is just kind of there. I, I imagine maybe they're going to set up something between Cody and Tanahashi. Maybe that's going to be a match at the uh, the Cow Palace. Yeah, they they could go that direction for sure, and and maybe Liger, he'll have a pose off with with somebody. Hangman Page. Uh, could he's Liger will win that. Probably. Uh, will Osprey Hiromu Takahashi for the junior heavyweight title. Um, Osprey's having just such a tremendous run with this title. I would, I would like to see him retain. And you've also set up the Ishimori match. You've set up Mysterio down the road. So I kind of prefer Osprey, uh, keeping the title here. Although he did bring up that the fact that he's beaten Hiromu twice, it kind of does lend itself to Takahashi finally beating him. Yeah, but I think the bigger story would be if he does lose, like if Takahashi does lose, then you build him back up. You know, he does the chase still to Wrestle Kingdom. I think him having a big match against Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom would would mean a lot more than here on Dominion. Um, Osprey does have Ishimori to still have to you know do their singles match for the title. I don't think he's losing it. I'd be surprised if Hiroma wins this. Tetsuya Naito, Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Title uh, because Jericho is going to make Fuckface famous. He has stated. Yeah, I I wonder with this new president, right? Um, president, uh, what's his Her- name? Harold uh, Harold Mige. Mige, okay, President Mige. If he's really interested in doing global expansion, he's really going to have to tell these guys, listen, cut the profanity. We, we we're trying to get, we're trying to break the U.S. market. We're trying to maybe try to get families, more families to come. We can't have you saying fuck all the time. Like it's okay if I say it, you say it on on post wrestling. We're not family friendly, I don't think, you know, but what are, what are you talking Japan, about? People are listening to us over dinner as we speak, WH. Moms are moms are in their vans putting this on while they're driving their kids to the uh, kindergarten. Is that what you're saying, John? Absolutely. This is okay. fun for the entire family. Okay. But anyways, like Chris Jericho, like someone's going to tell him, dude, I know you're having fun, but really stop saying fuck all the time, please. Uh, do, is there any chance of a title change here? Or is this just strictly Jericho putting Naito over? I think that's the point of this match. I think Chris Jericho probably just wanted to work with Naito, like in like backstage. Is like, okay, we we got you for a couple more dates. Who do you want to work with? If I think he's going to move on from Naito, he's going to have the match with Naito. Then he's going to move on to maybe Okada or Tanahashi if he has like at least one more match on on his uh, contract with New Japan. What what do you see as? Uh, kind of the timeline for, for Chris Jericho, because you, you wrap this up. I don't think anyone anticipates him having anything to do with G1. Uh, do we not see him again till maybe King of Pro Wrestling, or even maybe he doesn't show up again till the Dome? Do you, do you think he's going to work the Cow Palace? I don't think he would be. That's, that's a, and that's not like I don't have any like inside tip on that. I just It will surprise me if Jericho works a non-WWE US card that would surprise me i will say like if he has if he has one more match with new japan like before wrestle kingdom next year then i think he might as a one-off do the cow palace show and say to like them i want okada mm-hmm. in that match then, then i'll say i'll if say you, this. if you have jericho okada that's gonna sell the fucking cow palace i think then jericho should really win this match if you're going to okada yeah, but he didn't need to. He didn't need to be Kenny to go after Naito. I think he just wants to go after all the big names in New Japan. That's his motivation rather than winning titles. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost if if he was going to do the Cow Palace, I I almost wonder why 
Like you could have headlined the Cow Palace with this Naito match. Well, I know. I was like, when they announced this for for Dominion, I was like, okay, that's definitely not happening at the Cow Palace. <laughs> like, why not? That's definitely would have like moved at least three thousand tickets more. I think. I agree. Like that would have been your big buzzworthy match that would have prompted people to buy tickets for the Cow Palace show that I think a lot of people held back on because they knew All In was coming up and they were going to dedicate their dollars to that event as opposed to the Cow Palace show that had nothing announced. It was just New Japan coming back to the U.S. for the third time. But they keep things like they're really like, you know, close to the best about their their timeline like they know what they're going to put on the cow palace but they can't announce anything because that any match they announce is going to give away the, the the finish of all the dominion matches so they're like okay we're going to take a hit on this because we can't you know we can't like let the cat out of the bag as far as what's going to happen at dominion if we tell them what's going to happen at the cow palace it's going to people are going to guess what's going to happen at dominion so they're very smart about that and they're willing to take the hit on the box office the advanced ticket sales to to keep safeguard that aspect of their business and main event, Kazuchika Okada, Kenny Omega, two out of three falls, no time limit for the IWGP heavyweight title. Um, I say this every couple of months that this could very well be the title change. And I'll say it again here because I think Kenny Omega is a guy that uh, could win the title without much resistance from the audience. I think it sets up a big title defense at the Cow Palace. That said, I think this Okada run has lots of steam left in it that I will have no problem if they keep the title on Okada and just keep this run going because it's been tremendous and uh, it's not stale in the least. No, not at all. I, I'm, I'm okay with either way. I think Kenny's going to be really important for their global expansion, especially into North America. So I can see it being a good idea to put the title on him. Uh, Okada, like you said, his, this title run, it has a lot of steam. Like he still, he can still fight. I don't know who else, they can bring. They're going to bring people in for sure to fight him, like other foreigners and stuff. Um, I don't know who you have left though. Uh, looking up, up and down the, the thing, I mean, he won't have a challenge in, until after the G1, I think. Um, unless unless someone's because so, in the G1, someone's going to beat him. If he's still a champion, someone beats him in yeah. the G1 block. I mean, match, I mean the timing works out well that you don't need a challenger with the G1 coming up and the G1. You know, you will establish at least two challengers. Like you'll get your fall opponent, and you'll have your your dome opponent potentially. So they're not. It's not like they have a gun to their head that they have to get somebody ready for a month from now. I'm gonna go with Omega. I think he's gonna win it. I, I think that it's. I think that will significantly jump uh, Cow Palace sales. Like if Omega is defending the title in a headliner on that card, uh, depending on who it is with, I think that'll be a big deal. What I don't want to see is Omega winning this, and they do an instant rematch at the Cow Palace, which I don't think they would do. But I no. you got to keep these two apart now for some time. Dude, I think Ghetto's got something up his sleeve for Dominion in terms of announcements. I think they're going to do something like with Jericho, like someone's going to come on the screen and challenge Omega for that belt. Some big secret signing that they've done. That's my gut feeling about what that's going to happen. And that's going to that, – once they announce – once they show that – it's going to hit Twitter. It's going to hit the fucking wrestling internet. It's going to spread like wildfire. And then people are going to be like going to Ticketmaster, wherever the wherever you can buy the tickets for the Cow Palace show. And they're like, I need to get that show. I need to get that show. They're going to run a big angle. They're going to set up the Cow Palace title match, whether it's with Okada or Omega, right away. I guarantee it. Do you think we'll get the G1 announcements on this show? Uh, probably. 
think they're going to announce all the participants for sure. I think they'll wait till later to announce the, the blocks and the actual matches. Yeah. Okay, over under on the main event, 70 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to say 65. 65, okay. Oh, I'm going on the over. I'm just I'm resigned to the fact that this is going to be one of the longest shows of the year. Over under five and a half hour show. Dude, this is going to be like uh, oh, uh, right on the mark. I think just a little under under five, like four forty, with yeah. this match putting it over. Dude, it's going to be a long weekend for you. Oh, dude, Saturday I I know what I am in store for. I am waking up at like three or four in the morning to watch this, and then there's a. Uh, like six hour UFC card Saturday night. So Saturday is long. Uh, Sunday will be a day of sleep, uh, recovering oh. from all of this. But I mean, it's going to be pretty good stuff. Like that UFC card is a pretty stacked card. And this is, uh, this could end up being show of the year, uh, in Osaka. So I mean, I can't say I'm, I'm dreading either of these. I mean, they should be both really, really strong shows. I hope. I think so. I mean, on paper, this looks just as strong as like Wrestle Kingdom, if not more. Yeah. I think it's a it's a tremendous lineup. Uh, all right, let's let's keep on going through things. Uh, both of us had a chance to see the uh, the Kento Miyahara Naomichi Marafuji match from last month. Um, match that uh, to me didn't get a whole lot uh, of praise coming out of this. It was kind of just in the sea of everything. But man, this was a tremendous match. Marafuji going zero and two in his quest to win uh, the GHC title and the Triple Crown. Yeah. Uh, this was better than the GHC title match, which I just watched uh, yesterday. Um, I'll talk about that in a sec. This is a good match. I thought their Champions Carnival final match was a little bit better. And I like the Akiyama match uh, Marafuji had uh, a little bit more than this match. But it's still good. It went like 26 minutes. And, yeah. Um, I, don't know, I, I never thought it got into the third gear, though. You know? I thought those I thought- last, like, two minutes, it was... It was pretty up there. I was uh, I was pretty into it in those those kind of last couple of minutes and and uh, a a callback to their to their carnival match, the pile driver on the edge of the apron, which will never his, not not frighten me. Dude, that's his like go to spot. He did the Sigara as well. Jesus Christ! And the way he does it is that he lifts the guy and then he puts his back to the ropes, so he's yeah. facing out to the audience and delivers it. And it's man, you just lose your footing once, and you guys are crashing down to the floor with a guy coming down head first. Dude, I'm pretty sure he spiked Sigara in that match with that move. Um, this is a good match. I mean, Miyahara is like you know he he's the big draw in all Japan. He's like the guy. He's so over. I don't get it though. People say, why don't you get it? It's like, the guy's a narcissist, you know? He comes out, he's like, cheer for me more. Cheer for me more. You're not cheering for me enough. They, you know, at the end of his match, he goes to the back because, like, people aren't cheering his name enough, like, sulking. Then he's like, comes back, he goes, cheer for me more. And then, the, then they do. It's like the, the tail wagging the dog. You know what I mean? I, I don't get his character, but he's over, like, gangbusters, so it doesn't matter, matter what I think. And are you counting down the days to Miyahara Dylan James next Tuesday? At Corkin. That that's just a placeholder. That's for him to notch up like V's in his you know his title reign. I'll say this about Dylan James: he's he's exceeding expectations. When I heard like the former James Rydeen of Zero One was coming into into All Japan, I was like, under with a new name, but eh, okay. But he he had good matches in the mm-hmm. Champions Carnival, like nothing outstanding, but nothing bad. He didn't he didn't stink up the joint or nothing. I, so I haven't seen. I'm fine with him, so I, I really have no impression of him. But I will watch this match next Tuesday. And okay. See. 
watch his interactions with Zeus. Like these two have like amazing chop battles, and Zeus is someone I'm I've come around on in all Japan. Um, they had a multi-man tag match uh, on one of the champ. I think the second the last show or the last show of the Champions Carnival. They had a chop fest in a multi-man tag match. It was great. Um, I think it'll be a fun match. I don't think it'll be you know uh, five stars or anything like that. I, I'll probably rate it at three. That's what I'm going to predict it might be. I don't think right. I don't think Dylan James is a bad worker, so I think it'll be fine. Yeah, it's it's one of those matches where it's it's one that probably isn't on many people's radar and could greatly you know it's a great chance for Dylan James to really step up oh. with a world class performer and get noticed in this match. Oh, for sure. I think that's what it's designed for. This is not for him to win the belt. I think this is for him to show to the audience that like, hey, I'm gonna be a big, I'm gonna be someone that they're gonna push. Please get behind me. That's the purpose of that match. Uh, let's, uh, let's tackle Noah, uh, before we get to, uh, our stardom, uh, stuff that we wanted to discuss. Uh, you just watched, uh, Segura and Marafuji and what else is going on in Noah Reborn other than Kevin Kelly's shade being cast? Uh, well, they, they, they're doing a deal with a Chinese promotion led by Simon Inoki. It's really weird. So they're going to have these like five dudes from China, from Taiwan training at the Noah Dojo, which is really weird. Did Simon I, I guess have some kind of falling out with his father-in-law? I did. I don't know what that what, what that relationship is like. I mean, Simon Inoki is like took Inoki's last name. You know, it, it, it's a weird relationship. He yes. he's one of those guys that like when people talk about the Inoki office that that was the dark ages of New Japan. He's yes. part of that. You know, so. well, he's all over that. Yeah, he's. Uh, right. I I don't know what the deal is, but it seems like there's a big push in China. You know. For pro wrestling, it's it's going to be really interesting to see in the next three years. I'm just going to say that. Uh, let's see what else is happening. Ricky Marvin is coming back to Noah after a long absence. It's really interesting. That's he's just been working in Mexican Indies, from what I understand. So this is like his he he's, he's wanted to come back to Noah for a long time. So like it's it'll be nice to see him come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Oh, can I just say my favorite act in Noah is the tag team of Katsuhiko Nakajima. And uh, uh, his tag partner, um, what's his name, uh, Masa Kitamiya, who looks like Masa uh, Saito. He dresses like him. He's got the beard like him. It's a tribute to the guy. He's like his favorite wrestler. But they're called collectively. They're known as the Aggression. It's very Japanese. Uh, they're awesome. They're such a great tag team. Uh, they fought um, Goshizaki and uh, Kaito Kiyomiya for the tag titles. They lost it. They lost the tag titles too. Go and uh, Kumia a month earlier, and then they just got the belts back in this match. Um, this is a good match. They're really good. Their psychology is amazing. They just went after Go's knees, which they hurt in the throughout the whole tour and the in the title match the month before. So just the psychology these guys use is so great. They wrestle more like an American tag team as opposed to a Japanese tag team. And when I say that, I mean like they do a lot more tandem moves. They do a lot more moves to design to like kind of finish their opponent together rather than one guy keeps the other partner um, away and then someone does their singles finisher on them. They try to do like tandem finishers on their on their opponents and stuff. So I really enjoy their work. For me, it's like if I go see a Noah show live, I want to go see them more than anything else on the card. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's then move over to uh, Stardom because we have quite a bit to discuss in Stardom. Uh, both of us have had a chance to go watch the Cinderella tournament, which happened on April the 30th. It's a one-night tournament where uh, 
there are 10-minute time limits on the matches. And you can also be defeated by being dumped out to the floor. <clears throat> I guess to uh, – is there any um, psychology behind that? Or is it no, just they, they, a way they to do that beat? a lot. They do that a lot in Stardom. Like a lot of the matches, like multi-tag tag matches will end – can be either by pinfall – or uh, submission, or over-the-top rope elimination. So it's very common. One of my biggest takeaways from this tournament was, you know, when, uh, you know, several years ago when they were doing the whole give divas a chance, one of the big things was that they got no time. They got no time for their matches. And watching this tournament, I'm not saying every match was great, and there were varying levels of skill in this tournament, but I saw way more... Very good to above great matches that were done in under five minutes. Mm. Like they just went hard for four to five minutes. And these were, you know, not match of the year contenders or anything like that, but kept my attention. Like I, I pretty much watched this tournament in two sittings, kept my attention. Um, I just think sometimes the too much emphasis is placed on time and, and more not enough on what you do with that time because some of these women totally maximized their five minutes and had entertaining matches. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I mean, it was really to establish Momo as the next challenger for uh, Yoshirai's Wonder Stardom belt, which is not the world title, by the way. No. That's that's still held by, I think Tony Storm still holds that. I don't remember because you never see that belt in the promotion anymore. <laughs> so I don't know who the world champion is anymore. Yes, this was the uh, the battle to get a shot at the white belt, the uh, the wonder of stardom title. So yeah. I'll just run through some of the results. And if you want to chime in with uh, with thoughts here, um, we won't do uh, extensive breakdowns of every match because there's a lot here. Uh, but the first round was uh, saw Momo Watanabe defeat uh, Konami in four minutes after the um, after coming off the top with the uh, well, it's called the Meteora, but she calls it what, what, what is it called? The Somura? Is that how she uh, calls her, her uh, double knee spot? I think it's called the uh, the Somato. That's what it's called. Uh, no, I, I just want to say one thing: like yep. Momo and uh, Konami are in the same faction because they just did a draft where they mix up the memberships of right, their units. Uh, Queen's Quest together. They're in Queen's Quest together. So like it was really interesting to see that dynamic. Uh, these two teammates kind of fight each other. Uh, Konami is someone to watch. Like, I think with, you know, we'll talk about it, I guess, a little bit later, but like, with EO leaving, Konami's gonna be one of those people that gets kind of elevated up to the, up the card. She also, uh, Konami applied like a banana split move, if you've ever done jujitsu, onto Momo Watanabe, which I have had this applied to myself, and it is one of the most painful things you can have done to you. Uh, so I hope this was a very crafted, safe version of it, but it's not fun. Uh, Saki Kashima versus Candy Floss. Went four minutes and twelve seconds with Kashima just slapping the shit out of her and hitting this uh this kill switch, Christian's finish, uh, for the victory. Um and I'll apologize to the stardom purists out there. I am diving into this head first, so I'm not up on all the on all the names, so I will rely on all of your corrections, folks, that will come my way, I'm sure. But um, you know, decent match here. Yeah, the interesting thing about uh Saki is like she was a trainee in stardom. Then she left, and then recently she just came back and just finished her training, and now she's getting a huge push. She just won the tag titles with uh, Mayu Iwatani. Uh, two foreigners in the next match, uh, Bea Priestley and Session Moth Martina, who I think most people would be familiar with by now. She was part of the Clusterfuck Battle Royal, Joey Ryan's uh, show uh, at Spring Break, WrestleMania weekend. Martina just got this entire audience into things. Like, if you're not familiar, she comes out, 
She drinks beer, um, lots of sexually suggestive offense, and it ended with uh, uh, Priestley hitting a Saito suplex and curb stomp to win uh, after Martina took most of the match here um, and just tons of crowd interaction. Yeah, I'm kind of fucking done with Session Moth. I, I don't like this character at all. She's the Sandman. Yeah, she is. She's a better worker than the Sandman, I'll say I, that. True, absolutely. Um, I think she's a good wrestler, actually. I don't want to shit on her, but I don't like the character. I just think it's really limiting. You know, like This is an opening match comedy gimmick. It's, it's not a main event gimmick. If it is, it's, it's like she got a title shot against EO during the tour. That's again. That's just to put a notch. That's just to you know pad the the fucking rain for EO. I think Martina, if she's gonna you know try to elevate herself in this in, in wrestling and like go further, she has to kind of modify the gimmick. Don't be drunk during the match. Don't don't drink real beer, dude. There are minors in this audience, like in the on the roster. She cannot get alcohol on them. They will be in big trouble if she like she spits the alcohol and it gets on any of the minors. They're in big fucking trouble, so you just got to be really careful. I don't think it's worth it. Just to have her come in, do the party gimmick. Don't drink so much. Like it's just, just limiting. I think this public service announcement has been brought to you by WH Park. Natsu Sumire took on Brandy Rhodes. Sumier. Sumier. Okay. Sumier. Uh, Sumier. Brandy was part of the group. Uh, is it Odutai? Is that o- the group? Oedutai. Oedutai. Yeah. Um, and Natsu came out to. Mr. Saxo Beat. So some, uh, some high musical clearances on this uh, streaming service as well. Um, I, I would place Brandy at kind of the, the lower end. Like she is very new to all of this. Um, this was a big step up to me getting called on this tournament and she actually broke her collarbone on this tour, not on this show. Um, but it ended with, uh, Brandy countering a roll up and catching her with a pin at about 357. Um, and we got a R-rated Bronco Buster uh, as well in this match. Yeah, that's kind of Natsu's gimmick. <laughs> She's kind of a dominatrix kind of character. It's kind of hard to explain. But, um, yeah, Brandy, they're both members of Oedo Tai. So uh, I guess we're going to see the dance. I think the dance happened the next show or the next match. I'm, tr- I'm trying to recall uh, where they did this dance. It might have been the next show. I'm not sure. Um, Hazuki versus Hanakamura. Was up next. Uh, they went about 451 here. Uh, they traded kicks on the edge of the apron, and then Kimura was sent over the top. She hangs on, but then Hazuki broke her grip, and she landed on the floor. So we got the uh, the stoppage via falling onto the floor, and then they hugged and joined together afterwards. Yeah, well, the the, the storyline here was that uh, Hazuki was in oh, Queen's Quest before, and they were and she, they were rivals with Oedo Tai, and like they her and Hana don't like each other before right so kagetsu who's the leader of Otatai, when she got the draft pick she she picked hazuki she says i want you and then so hazuki was a very reluctant member of of uh Oed Otai. and this is the match where she came around like she's happy to be a member and this is like her showing her respect to hana who's like the second in command of Oed Otai. so this is that's kind of the story that so when hana puts the her kimono on hazuki that means a lot that that said a lot so that's why a lot of people were like ooh ah like that so it was a really important match as far as the storyline goes. Uh, Tam Nakano versus Mayu Iwatani. This was my match of the opening tournament. Uh, they went 524. Uh, Nakano landed this head kick and immediately is going for pinfalls. Iwatani came back with a double foot stomp from the top. Uh, Nakano missed a senton from the top and then went for a flying arm bar, but 
Iwatani hit her with spin kicks and a tiger driver to win the match. 524. I thought this match was great. I thought this was the best match of the first round. Oh, yeah. Mayu's awesome. Like, Mayu's going to be the one who benefits the most from Io leaving. I think so. Uh, and that segues into Io Shirai versus Chardonnay. And there were dragon screws into the ropes by Shirai. Chardonnay had a butterfly suplex for a two count. And it was just a lot of focus on the knee and then a, a cloverleaf by Shirai for the submission at 515. And uh, can you talk a bit about Shirai since she had the first attempt to go to the WWE and then coming back to stardom? Uh, have you seen a big change in her style at all? No, she still does a lot of high-risk moves. Um, dude, she did like in the summer – or no, the spring. Her and Tam Nakano did a barbed wire electric bat match with uh, Kagetsu and uh, Natsu Sumiya, <laughs> which was kind of safe as far as a – you know, quote unquote death match goes, but still it was pretty, ins- pretty insane. Like they're like the sparks, the explosions that went off. I was like, okay, I think you'll, you'll see like EO's probably got like some bandages on her like legs. I think those are burns that she acquired from that match. Cause she didn't win wear pants. She wore her shorts. I was like, you might want to do like everyone else is doing and wear like a coveralls or, or, or long pants or something like that. Anyways, uh, she, I think she, she care- she takes care of her head a bit more. I think she tries to avoid trying to get another concussion. Um, I think she'll do well in WWE. If I don't really have that much hope, because like I don't think WWE is like capable of promoting three Japanese women at the same time. That's just me. Well, they've really struggled with Asuka since she brought was brought up to the main roster, and I, I think with Kairi Sane, she like they very much have their their women's title program in place on NXT. And then you have the rest of the women that are kind of on the back burner while that title program plays itself out. So she just kind of hasn't had that run yet to have much focus. Like she's just a supporting member of the roster at this point. So, I mean, that's one of the issues with NXT is that they are so talent heavy now and they've got a one hour television show that a lot of talent, they're just, you know, they're, if they're not in the rotation for the next takeover, they're, they're kind of just on one week, and then you don't see them for four or five weeks on TV. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, she really wants to go there, obviously. We'll see what happens in the next year with her. If you live in, in or around Orlando, you and 200 others can go probably see Io Shirai versus Kairi Hojo over the next year. That will probably happen in front of 300 people. Yeah, and like, like some backwater place in Florida. Not even at the full sale, maybe. The opening round ended with a... Jungle Kiona versus Kagetsu. And do you want to explain, uh, Kagetsu here? And this, this was a, a lot of comedy in this. Yeah. So Kagetsu is like the leader of Otai, who are the, like the, the heel, uh, group in, in stardom. Um, they like to take the piss out of everything. They like to like make fun of things. So this is called the Cinderella tournament. And Kagetsu's normal character is that kind of like, uh, for lack of a better word, I don't want to offend anyone if anyone's going to be offended, but she's a tomboy. Okay. So she, she, uh, eschews like feminine, like femininity. She doesn't like to wear makeup or wear dresses or anything like that. Um, so she's like taking the piss out of the Cinderella tournament by pretending she's her twin sister. Uh, I forget what they, they called her twin her own twin sister. So she's wearing a dress. She's wearing makeup. She's wearing a wig. And it's just, and like, that's why if you watch this match, you see Jungle Kiana's face just like, you take this match seriously it's a big tournament for us but like i thought it was funny i i, I enjoyed the hell out of it because this is like kind of it shows another side 
of Kagetsu, who's an awesome wrestler, by the way. If you don't, if you've never seen her wrestle like, like in a serious match, she's so good. Like, I'm not worried about Io Shirai leaving Stardom because you have, you have Kagetsu, you have Mayu Iwatani still, you have in the wings, you have Momo, she's yeah. just been elevated. Which you have Konami, you have Jungle Kiona, who I think is so underrated. It's, they're fine. They're gonna be fine. Uh, so uh, th- this match ended with um, Kagetsu onto the edge of the apron, and then ended up falling down to the floor onto uh, her seconds on the floor uh, in five fifty six. Dude, so. Kiona power bombed <laughs> the other members of Otai. That oh, was- that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Sorry, I was. Re- uh, Reading this wrong, yeah, she recovered and power bombed Kigetsu onto the edge of the apron and then onto the uh, the members on the floor. So that's a way to advance. Yeah. Uh, second round saw uh, Hazuki and Priestley. They only went uh, three minutes, sixteen seconds here. Uh, these two are also part of Queen's Quest, which sounds like quite the uh, expansive faction. No, no, Hazuki left Queen's Quest. She's in Oedo. Oh, Taino. so they had been part of it together. No, because like, Priestley joined in the same draft. Okay. She she was part of like just she was unaffiliated before the draft happened, which was the show before. You should watch that show, by the way. It's All really right. fun. Um, but yeah, they're on opposite uh, factions. Okay, I'm trying to keep this all straight. Uh, yeah, three sixteen be a one with a jumping stomp. Um, after a series of run-ins in this match as well, and we also got a cheeky Nando's kick. There you go. Because uh, she's Will girlfriend. Yes. Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima were next up, and I thought I thought another great match here. One with a Tiger Driver only went four thirty seven, but this was just all action from start to finish. So they're in the same faction. They're in Stars together, and they're like best friends in real life too. So uh, Io Shirai and Brandy Rhodes. Uh, this ended with uh, Shirai landing a top rope moonsault uh, to win the match. Um, so Brandy had two matches on this. How, how did you feel Brandy fared in the tournament? Uh, she's green. I, I give her a lot of leeway. She's green. Like mm-hmm. they, they're they're just putting her there for her name value. Like you know, that's nothing against her. That's that's on stardom. They just want her in there because like she's you know Cody's wife. Um, like if she's gonna if she's serious about becoming a, a full time wrestler and becoming a good wrestler. Going into stardom is not the worst idea. It's probably the best idea you can do. Like you're gonna improve so much working tours with these high level wrestlers, you know. So I'm okay with her being in stardom. I don't. I don't think she should have been in the Cinderella tournament, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you've seen um, in Ring of Honor, you have Mandy Leon, who I mean, she was night and day better after you know several tours here of stardom. That I don't think you can help but improve when you're. Uh, working tours with some of the level of talent that Brandy will be exposed to if she goes back. Uh, and then the second round ended with uh, Momo Watanabe and Jungle Kiona. Five minutes, six seconds here. Both were on the edge, and Watanabe landed a head kick, forearm strike in exchange, and then a package pile driver onto the edge, centered to the floor for the win. Yeah, great match. Uh, I think these two are going to have great series of matches in the next three, four years, you know, as Momo goes up. And I think as Jungle goes up in the rankings and in the, the eyes of, like, the Stardom fans. And then the third round, we only had one match in the third round because it ended up being a time limit draw between Mayu Iwatani and Io Shirai, which is probably one of the big um, match pairings after the second round uh, for fans to see. They went 10 minutes. Uh, 
pretty strong match here. Shirai landed a uh, missed with a top rope moonsault, and the bell rang just as Iwatani was going for a bridging German, and it was ruled the draw. So yeah. in- instead, B Priestley and uh, Momo Watanabe would advance, and their semifinal match would turn into the final. Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a good match. I think Momo acquitted herself really well. Like, I don't mind Brie Priestley. A lot of people don't like her. Like, I can see like she's kind of clumsy. She doesn't mm-hmm. execute things really well. It's interesting because like when I see her in matches in in the UK, she's actually much better. I think she's when she comes to Japan, she feels maybe nervous or something or self conscious about her wrestling. So she misses a lot of moves and like she can ends up hurting some of her opponents sometimes. I don't think she's that bad. So. I, I'm, I'm willing to give her like a lot of leeway, like, and I hope she comes back. Um, but I thought it was really good. Momo beat her. They're in Queen's Quest together, so it meant a lot for Momo to beat uh, B, and she won uh, the tournament, and she yeah. gets the dress. Yes, and, she, the, uh, and, the, and the Terra. Yeah, so this ended. Great. This ended after uh, Watanabe hit these awesome-looking head kicks that she used throughout. And then applied the chicken wing onto B and then a bridging half Nelson suplex for the win. And the finals were only seven minutes, but, um, yeah, I, I thought, uh, Momo Watanabe was tremendous here. And then I also watched the match she had with Io Shirai where she got the title, um, on May 23rd, which was, uh, certainly to me, it, it blew away anything in the tournament. Um, they had a much lengthier match, but man, she really impressed me. And I was not even aware she was, she's 18 years old. Just crazy. She just she, she just graduated high school, dude. Yeah, so she she took the it's title weird. with her to her high school graduation. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say the match I saw at Korokin back in February, where she challenged for this for the belt the first time, was a little bit better because, like, you know, like I think because like Eel broke her nose accidentally, so she had all this blood coming out of her nose, so that added a lot of drama. Still, this match was awesome. Did you see? You see the gif of like she's got uh, Momo's got Io in kind of like you know like I, I don't know how you position it but like she's gonna drive her head into the mat and like Io's head is like down so it's like oh my god she's gonna break her neck and oh yeah Io at the last minute just lifts her chin chin up and then she saves her own life in that move I was like oh, I'm glad I saw that before so I knew when I saw that match that spot in the match itself that she was gonna be okay I was like I'm not worried about her she's fine. Yeah, this uh, this match went 17 and a half minutes. They went through so many uh, near falls and ended with the half Nelson bridge uh, by Momo to win. Um, I, I think that t- to me, just watching this as kind of a newer viewer of stardom, um, it was Momo Watanabe that I would be looking at as like the person you could build this entire company around for the next uh, however many years. Until she's snatched up by somebody. But, um, yeah, she really impressed me in this tournament and then with the match with, with EO afterwards. Yeah, and then she set up uh, two more matches. One will be with again, against uh, Jungle Kiona, who is someone that she, she – I think they joined Stardom at the same time. They're different ages, but they kind of – I think we're in the same class together. And then the other one is with uh, Hazuki, who they – and they, they were teammates in uh, – Queen's Quest before Hazuki joined Oedo Tai. So there's a lot of heat between them. They had a six-man match a while ago, and they just, like, went at each other, like, ferociously. It was great. So uh, there's gonna that's going to be, like, the Misawa Kawada uh, dynamic. going to be Momo and Hazuki are going to be, like, Misawa and Kawada level rivalry in stardom. Yeah, and as WH mentioned, uh, Io Shirai, it was reported by Tokyo Sports that she looks to be Headed for the WWE. Her last match is 
scheduled to be next weekend uh, for stardom. And then, yeah, she's expected to report to the Performance Center. And, yeah, it's – I guess people are going to, uh, I think, make the obvious comparisons with uh, with Kyrie Sane and kind of how she's been utilized over the past year since the Mae Young Classic. And I think most would expect that Shirai will be in this year's tournament. Yeah, I think – I don't know if they're going to let – another Japanese person win it. I think she'll go very far in the tournament. How do you see her um, acclimating to WWE? Like just the, um, you know, the personality side. Like how do you see her? Because um, we've seen Asuka treated tremendously well and getting over in NXT. Uh, but the main roster, it's 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 not been spectacular. I think she'll do well in NXT because she's such a talented person. It's one thing. You know, like they, they hire someone from the indies who's who's okay. You're talking about like Io Shirai, who's been like you know the, the top women's wrestler in the world for the last you know five years. No offense to Asuka, like Asuka's top level, Kyrie's top level, but like I think Io Shirai is just a little bit better than either of them. You know, and she's gonna come here and she's gonna be treated like she's gonna have to take classes, right? You have to go to promo class, you have to go to like you know hit the ropes class. Whatever they do at the Performance Center, um, I'm sure she'll enjoy her life in Florida. Um, I'm sure she'll give it all to, to try to make it in WB. I think she probably looks at Asuka more than Kyrie and like that's what I want to be. I want to be. I want that push. I want to be at that level. So I think she's a very motivated person. She's gone through a lot in her life. If you read her Wikipedia and you read about like some of the things that's gone on in her life, she she's not someone who's going to give up. I think she has a determination to make it. I just don't have any faith in WWE booking in, in promoting her the way she should be. So, Final thing before we leave, the fashion report, WH. Uh, do you have any observations from the past month, and in particular, Rapongi 3K in the Best of the Super Juniors? Oh, dude. Like, I, I, you, you tweeted or you messaged me about, like, yo, I think it looks fine. I think I, I love the fact that they, when they're not wrestling as a tag team, when they're doing singles, they wear completely different outfits. Um, I like shows like kind of Owen Hart tribute, yes. the danger stuff. I think that looks cool. I think it, 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 it accentuates his image, his gimmick, the MMA fighter thing. Uh, Yo's the more flamboyant guy, right? Like I love the whole shtick when he comes out to the music. He opens the jacket, and on the one side of the of the jacket, on the inside, are the stars, and he just shows that. And he does the the 3K pose. I, I don't mind the tassels on the uh, on the one leg of his trunks. It's fine. Um, I'm not a big fan usually of asymmetrical wrestling gear, but it looks fine on him. I think it really sets him apart. And I think it fits his character. That's the big thing. It matches Yo's character. So I, I'm okay with Show's gimmick and uh, Yo's gimmick and then their gear. You know, so it's fine. Well, there you go. That is the fashion report. Which is something we should, we should definitely get a sponsor for. I think that's the for sure the most easily sellable feature of this show. Uh, but that's going to bring an end to a lengthy edition oh, here. Don't you have one more question for me? Oh, of course, of course. Okay, so Way and I recently reviewed Global Wars 2014, where Steve Carino made a comparison that Shizuoka was the Compton of Japan, and WH is here to state. Whether that was in fact true or false, can you tell us? Is Shizuoka the Compton of Japan? So, just so I'm clear, like Steve Colonel is making a, a negative connotation when comparing Shizuoka to Compton. It's inferred. It's, it's, it's inferred. Okay. 
no. Shizuoka is not a, a bad place. It's there's no negative connotation to living in Shizuoka. Like if I think maybe he's talking about like kind of the, the popular media portrayal of Compton as being kind of like a low income area of maybe a lot of crime there. I don't yeah, know if that's I, what it's like there now, but I, I, I'm sure that it, it's like somewhat that. Uh, overblown. I would sh- I'm, I'm certain residents of Compton probably don't uh, wouldn't necessarily subscribe to the way it's portrayed. No, um, but that being said, no, Shizuoka is, is not a low income area. I actually went on Cage Match and I checked Steve Carino's history and I saw I'm, I'm looking for any time he wrestled in the prefecture of Shizuoka. He wrestled in Hamatsu. He's wrestled in Shizuoka City. These are these are really affluent cities. Uh, he wrestled in Atami, which is a beautiful beach town. Uh, he's wrestled in Fuji, which is industrial, but it's certainly you know not what you would think is a like high crime, low income area. So I don't know where he's getting this connotations of it being like quote unquote Compton. So it's nothing like that. Please, if you're gonna come to Japan, come to Shizuoka. It's a beautiful place. There you go. The, the tourism minister himself, W.H. Park. Uh, so W.H. will not be gone long. He's going to be back on Saturday uh, where we will be reviewing Dominion. Uh, that will be available for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. So you can sign up now. We will be back Saturday uh, with a thorough rundown of what could be uh, the longest match of the year between Kazuchika Okada or Kenny Omega. Or they could race through falls and we could be in and out in 10 minutes. But I don't think that is going to be happening. So uh, – Make sure you have your coffee running. It could be a very uh, lengthy show uh, for those in Osaka. So, WH, I want to thank you very much for joining me and looking forward to chatting Dominion on Saturday. Yeah, sounds good. And what you did wrong, Naito, was piss me off. But that's okay. Let's let bygones be bygones. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a drink. For you, Naito. Come by, Naito-san. See you on June 9th at Dominion. Fuck face.